This is LiveWell Talking COVID-19. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point St. Luke's Hospital. Uh, in today's podcast, we'll cover all things COVID-19, including the FDA's uh, decision Tuesday to authorize uh, vaccination with the Pfizer vaccine. In 5 and 11-year-olds, we'll also touch on uh, natural immunity and where we stand with that. Uh, and we'll have another edition of the mailbag where I answer questions from our listeners. What we're seeing in the hospital is that, that persistent plateau I've talked about in previous uh, times. The COVID patients that are admitted to the hospital are predominantly unvaccinated. Uh, today in the ICU, uh, we started the day with 25% of them being vaccinated and 75% unvaccinated. Volume of patients is not preventing us from taking care of emergencies and trauma. That, that Those things are carrying on as usual, and our surgical capacity is resuming back to normal, uh, in fact, this week. The vaccine uh, mandate uh, or compliance with that is uh, is is present, and I'm happy to say that uh, team members here at St. Luke's, 90, uh, Unity Point Health, I think in general, but for sure here at St. Luke's, 99% of team members are vaccine compliant and will be at 100% soon, and those that, for whatever religious uh, exemption or medical deferral, uh, they will be complying with CDC guidelines for the unvaccinated. Lynn County continues to have a significant transmission rate. We're at high transmission. And for example, I have it written down here, uh, new cases per 100,000 to 136 here in Lynn County. And we have to drop to less than 100 cases per 100,000 to get into the, uh, the what's called go from highest to high transmission, and then moderate transmission is 10 to 50 cases per 100,000. So as you can see, we have a little ways to go on that, and hopefully that will come soon. This week, the big news, though, was that the FDA and then the CDC have both uh, uh, authorized, not approved, authorized, extended their emergency use authorization to uh, allow uh, children ages 5 to 11 to receive the COVID vaccine, uh, the Pfizer. Uh, it is uh, at uh, uh, a third of the normal dose, uh, 21 days apart, and um, that is exciting from a standpoint of keeping schools open and preventing long-term complications of COVID infections. Uh, we'll talk more about that in an upcoming podcast with Dr. Ching, a pediatrician, to discuss uh, uh, the um, vaccine and its safety. Um, there were about 3,000 I think 4,600 total, but 3,000 that received the vaccine in their trial, and no serious side effects were noted. The children with uh, the vaccine uh, were at significant lower risk for severe disease, as expected, just with like adults. Um, for comparison, though, uh, doing my research, that um, the polio study was 1.8 million children in that study for the polio vaccine. So there's big uh, difference there. Some things that I see that are positive, the active cases in the county have continually gone down. Right now, we're right at 2000, 2002 as of this morning. The hospitalization rate, we have some numbers that have come in. Hospitalization rate for Lynn County is about 5%. So that means of the people that got COVID, 5% of them were hospitalized. Those numbers may be a little skewed as far as what, what we've seen in the hospital because we serve as regional resource and we take patients from outside Lynn County. A case fatality rate, 1.4%. Uh, so that's that's about the national average. But I have some really uh, exciting news that our monoclonal antibody infusions that we've done, and we've talked about those before, the patients that received the monoclonal antibody had a 
0.7% chance of hospitalization. So those that receive the monoclonal antibody, 0.7, less than 1% chance. Those that didn't had a 5% chance of hospitalization. So I think that's uh, that's wonderful, and I'm glad. Hats off to Jeremy, his team uh, over at the Infusion Center that are taking care of that. Natural immunity. Uh, two large studies recently, uh, and they both confirm that natural immunity and vaccine immunity are both present. They have conflicting and noisy data as far as does either one, uh, is one better than the other? But I think you can draw some conclusions uh, that are that we all can use. Uh, first is first is that they're probably at minimum equal, and that's providing about six months. We know for sure of um, protection falling in infection or natural immunity, and the vaccines are about the same as we've seen with the need for the booster of recent. What also is easy to interpret from these studies is that individuals that uh, have had COVID and then receive the vaccine uh, do, uh, do do fine. There's no, so it doesn't hurt you to get the vaccine even if you've had it. And as I've said before, when it comes to vaccines that I know two truths to be present is they prevent you from dying and becoming critically ill from the uh, from COVID. And they also uh, were not being overrun in the hospital with patients admitted with side effects. So I think the side effect profile continues to remain favorable. That's in the COVID-19 update, but stick around. We'll be right back with this week's mailbag. Welcome back to the mailbag. The mailbag is a new segment on the podcast where I will periodically uh, answer questions from uh, listeners. And uh, the first question this week is from an individual named Stephen. And he says, I got sick the day after receiving my COVID vaccine. I've heard my second shot. I've heard if you get sick, that means the antibodies are working. Is that true? Yes, Stephen. What it means is that you're having an, uh, manifesting an immune reaction to that uh, vaccine and you are uh, indeed making antibodies. Um, and that's a good sign. And usually it lasts very short amount of time. I, I have, I know, per, I know no one personally that has had illness beyond 24 hours following the vaccine or they didn't feel well. And so that that is a good sign that if, if you experience it. Now, let me be very clear. That doesn't, if you don't experience, you like said, well, I got the vaccine, I didn't feel anything. That still doesn't mean that it's not working. Uh, it's just you don't have the measurability, perhaps, if that's the right term, uh, that Stephen had. The next question is Sharice, uh, and she asked, well, with the children receiving one third of the adult dose, what changes in someone who turns 12 that require them to get the larger dose? And should I have 11 year old vaccinated now or wait until they turn 12 to get the larger dose? The answer to that question is that the 11 to 12, there's no big physiologic change. That's just a, a, a point where they picked. And well, actually, maybe we uh, when we discuss with Dr. Ching, we can narrow him down on whether or not that is that big a deal. But I do know this, that if your child, your child receives the dose uh, of their age on the day that they're due. So if they're the first dose, they're 11 and they happen to turn 12 within those 21 days, they receive the 30 microgram dose as opposed to the 10. Now, if they both receive the 10, doesn't really matter. The next question is from Deb. Should everyone get the booster shot? Uh, I'm not in the category they're offering to it now. Will they open up to anyone else who wants it? 
Well, uh, the general population is uh, not indicated to have the booster. It is individuals that have a chronic medical condition that would put them at risk. It is individuals over the age of 65. And those individuals at a high, high risk uh, uh, occupation. Uh, whether or not they expand that to general population at some point, that's yet to be seen. It's not the recommendation at present. Um, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, that is for everyone to at least two months from their first shot to receive a second shot. And so I actually would call that more of a second shot than a booster. Uh, I think they're just finding that the second shot uh, is probably the treatment or the uh, regimen that should be followed. Um, and so the Johnson Johnson is everyone over the age of 18 and the others are for that indication of over the age of 65, 18 to 64, if you have a chronic medical condition and a high risk profession, i.e. critical care nurse or respiratory therapist. Next question is from one of our YouTube viewers. Can you comment on the research showing an increase in multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children and women and adolescents post-vaccine, both immediately after the vaccination and subsequent exposure to COVID? Now, the incidence of multi-inflammatory system in children uh, was right about 2,000 cases out of the one point some million children that have had COVID-19. Um, and so there certainly is a, uh, a benefit that uh, with the vaccinations for children will prevent that because children can get sick. Uh, we have had 94 deaths in the United States. Uh, out of roughly 2 million children, that's a low number, but if uh, your child's one of the 94, it's obviously significant to you. And uh, whether or not that you're at subsequent exposure to COVID-19, I'm not familiar with that. And I, I, I've read nothing that would say that. So if you did receive the vaccine, it's going to cut down on your risk for multi-inflammatory syndrome uh, following uh, a COVID infection. Now, if you did develop multi-inflammatory uh, syndrome with COVID, uh, you should wait at least 90 days, uh, in my opinion, uh, and, and completely recovered uh, prior to uh, receiving the vaccination. One, our, our last question uh, from Kendall. Uh, Kendall is asking, if we're making Thanksgiving plans. What are your recommendations? Is it better to fly or drive if possible? And will it be safe to gather this year? Well, as far as driving, if gas continues to be expensive, it is, I think it might be cheaper to fly. You know the joke, uh, I don't like to brag about expensive trips, but I just came back from the gas station. That's that's the way it feels uh, lately. But uh, uh, right now it's still at high risk transmission in this community. So if you were to travel uh, in, a, in a closed uh, uh, car with your family, you may want to wear a mask. Um, you certainly would want the whole family to be vaccinated. Um, I think if you're attending a large family gathering, again, you socially distance if you can, wear a mask if appropriate, uh, and have good ventilation if appropriate. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a Thanksgiving that is uh, seasonably warm, uh, and if so that will allow people to have better ventilation in their, um, in their uh, homes. There was an Israeli study at the way at the beginning of the pandemic, in uh, just a kind of more of a case report, where they had an individual on an airplane seated in seat 13, let's say, got COVID, and then they were able to contact trace the people around them. And it wasn't a significant radius, but it did affect the people next to them. And so all the more reason to wear a mask when you're on that airplane. 
And that's all for the mailbag today. If you'd like to submit a question to the mailbag, go to unipoint.org mailbag. I'll answer questions about COVID-19, the latest technologies and procedures, services provided at Unipoint Health, Cedar Rapids, and other medical topics. Please note, however, the mailbag is not an alternative to medical care or a medical appointment. Any questions about personal symptoms or conditions need to be directed to your primary care provider or an urgent care if such a condition exists. And as always, in case of medical emergencies, call 911 or go to your nearest emergency department. I highly recommend the St. Luke's department. Once again, you can submit your questions to me at unipoint.org backslash mailbag. That's unipoint.org slash mailbag, M-A-I-L-B-A-G. I look forward to hearing from you, our amazing listeners. Thank you for listening to COVID-19. For the latest COVID-19 information, please visit unitypoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.